Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Sticks to the insiders, heads were turned. 28 4 and he goes full bore on King of Swing. He races away in second spot, trying to stay on now is Spirit of St. Louis. And they were followed by Mac Dan, the inside. It's King of Swing, 100 metres left to go. He's holding rivals at the moment. It's King of Swing. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. And what a way to bow out. King of Swing has beaten Spirit of St. Louis. Third home was better. Yeah, they're both two quality horses, aren't they? Spirit of St. Louis, typically honest and brave and gutsy, but King of Swing. Chris Barsby is joining us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Now that he's retired, Steve, the obvious question, who takes the mantle as the best pacer in Australia. Is it now Spirit of St. Louis? What do you say? Well, right now, I think he is. Uh, yeah, he's I agree. <laughs> There's a few others that are on the sidelines, Locke and Varad being an obvious one. We get to see ladies in red back in action. So I think right now he assumes the mantle as the best horse uh, in Australia. Uh, it's likely that he'll go to New Zealand next month for a race, uh, that slot race, the race. And it's interesting overnight, Mac Dan's been confirmed. Mark Purden chased that horse uh, and Connections have decided to send him over there for the race. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. But uh, I think Spirit of St. Louis right now probably takes that mantle now that King of Swing has officially bowed mm. out of racing. Chris, it was great watching early. You know, some of us thought leading into the race, but we thought let's hope it's not a ball fest early where King of Swing finds the top and is well rated in a miracle mile. But there was some fireworks early and even the drive on Spirit of St. Louis, you know, he got off the fence, didn't he? And and got in, was able to get into the running line there. So it was just great spectacle to watch early. And, you know, he burnt the candle at both ends there, didn't he, on the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. There was plans B, C and D for a lot of drivers out there because Mac Dan was able to shoot across so quickly. He's he's lightning off the gate. So that probably explains why uh, they've chased that horse for that race in New Zealand next month. But, uh, yeah, the drives of a lot of drivers in that race, they were forced to do a lot of things. I thought Greg Sugar's driver, a perfect race, uh, aboard the third horse, Better Eclipse, Jack Gallagher no, did nothing wrong with Spirit of St. Louis. So it did have some action. The other thing to come out of that race, Steve, as we know, Bondi Lockdown has been invited. He was the first horse invited to contest the Rising Sun, one of the big features during our Tab Constellations in July. But there's been no more invites since. And you wonder why there, there hasn't been an invite for Leap to Fame. There hasn't been an invite for Akuta And Better Eclipse... He's got to be invited now because he's beaten home Bondi Lockdown in their past two clashes. So if Bondi Lockdown's in, better Eclipse has to be in. But at this stage, uh, there's no further invitation. So you wonder how long it's going to be before racing Queensland and Albion Park officials send out that next invite. Mm, Bondi Lockdown, Chris, he had to work, obviously, but he dropped right out in the straight. Uh, be interesting to see, you know, what post-race they come up with there and how he is. I mean, is he a definite to turn up in, in any case? I mean, let's hope he's OK after a couple of really tough runs. Well, it's it's likely he's going to have a little bit of a let-up now, Steve. Uh, that, that was a, a really taxing run for him. And I suppose, looking back, and, you know, it's easy to say it in hindsight, but... Would have would have he been better just to really light him up early and just keep charging and try and take the lead off Mac Dan rather than sort of just running the gate and then, you know, just sizing up where the other horses sort of, you know, jockeyed for positions. You know, 
that, that's neither here, neither there now. But uh, he's going to have a little bit of a let up. But I suppose there is just that little bit of a doubt on, on Queensland now because uh, he dropped out as badly as what he did. Brendan Barnes is with us, Chris. Well, I'm going to ask Brendan the question. Who is the, the, the number one horse in Australia right now, given that King of Swing has officially retired, Brendan? As I say, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Um, I think it's probably got to be Spirit of St. Louis. He's sort of been uh, bridesmaid to the King a couple of times and what he did over the um, the cup races in Victoria sort of was, yeah, very, very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, I've got a long list of horses that I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, you and Jack Butler form a formidable combination. There's a number of horses that are going along really well. First and foremost, Deus Ex. We saw him in action last Saturday night. He went to Redcliffe, got the job done. The obvious question with him, he's going to back up this weekend as well. How did he handle the smaller track? Really good, actually. He sort of he steered really well, and obviously he wears spreaders, but that sort of wasn't a concern. He got around really good, and it was actually it was it was good for us to be able to take him there because obviously with sort of Redcliffe Cup announcing sort of it's going to be a Group One race, it's something we had sort of in plan with him because he's a great stand start horse, and and that sort of just yeah confirmed our hopes that we'd definitely be able to go there and handle the track. Okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, this Saturday night, Gate 7, that's probably the one draw you didn't really want with him? Yeah, it, it's not ideal. And he, he can be a pretty touchy sort of a fella behind the gate. But, um, that, yeah, that's what it is. And hopefully we can just get around safely. All right, that's a solid free-for-all, that first race on Saturday night. Yeah, it is for sure. There's plenty of depth here at the moment. And, and it's sort of about the same. No one's really put their hand up and said, I'm, I'm, I'm the best in Queensland. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely pretty even. Okay. Uh, yesterday, uh, the two trotters, uh, Father Christmas got the job done, deserving when he's been trotting really well. Mike Morrow made the break. Uh, as we know, they're both qualified for that Jim McNeil. Is it a, is it a help or a hindrance that this final's just in, in delay mode uh, with Albion Park being out of action? Um, I, I think it, it's probably a help. We thought we thought even more so it was a help for Mike Murray. Obviously, he, he sort of got here from New Zealand and we, we rushed him up pretty quick to get him ready for that series and we thought it was a big help for him. And, and obviously, yesterday, he was just a bit fresh and a bit excited to be there. And um, obviously, old Father Christmas, he sort of he doesn't worry about too much. He just goes about his business and, yeah, it sort of doesn't really matter too much with him. Okay, so they're both ticking over nicely. I know he basically took no competitive part, Mike, uh, no competitive part, Mike Morrow, but he's just ticking over, waiting for that final. Yeah, that's that's it. And, and um, after yesterday, he just wasn't a bit, wasn't happy at the start. So we just we made him RODS so that we can stand him up against the outside fence, and hopefully he can be a little bit happier and begin a little bit better. Okay, the other winner for you yesterday was Saginaw, and he recorded back-to-back victories. You've got a driving with kid gloves, don't you? Oh, yeah, he's got a huge motor, but you, you can't do a lot of breathing on him. <laughs> was he better yesterday? He looked more comfortable yesterday. Yeah, he was. We we added the undercheck to him. He, he wore an undercheck in New Zealand, and, and we sort of just tried to go pretty basic. He wore a lot of gear over there, and we, we tried to sort of remove as much of it as we could and just try and have him happy, but... We just, yeah, we added that to him yesterday just to try and give him a little bit more balance, and he, he definitely felt a lot better. Okay. How far can he go, though, Brendan? Oh, he's got a big motor, and he's got serious speed. I think probably one thing that might sort of hinder him a little bit as he gets up in grade is uh, I think he lacks a little bit of gate speed, but he, he makes up for it with he's got unbelievable high speed. Would it be fair to say or, you know, compare him to a horse like Deus Ex? Because he, he wears the spreaders. He's probably not the smoothest or cleanest pacer going around. But 
like Deus Ex, he's got that unbelievably high speed. So can you make any sort of comparison between them two? At, at this stage, it, it's probably insulting to Deus Ex to, to compare him just with <laughs> Saginaw sort of probably being so low in grade. But I definitely think he, he's got the motor there. I don't think he'll ever have the gate speed that Deus Ex has and he can sort of put himself into a race and he's got unbelievably high cruising speed. But um, I think Saginaw off a helmet, he, he would be a very nice horse. And will we see better from Saginaw once he gets back to the bigger track at Albion Park? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. One of the other horses that I wanted to ask about, a uh, last start winner, Danger Zone. It was an absolute romp for him last time out. And he took down a Group 1 winner and away we go when he scored at Redcliffe Saturday week ago. Uh, when do we see him next, or are you waiting for Albion Park to return to action? Yeah, well, the original plan is, I, well, it was, there's a, I think there's a $20,000 three-year-old race that well, it's meant to be at Albion Park next Saturday night, but we're sort of still up in the air on, on if we're going to be back there racing. But um, obviously, it's sort of hard to say with the sectionals. He, he ran and, and what he did there at Redcliffe the other week, but he did not handle the track there at all. But if, if sort of we had to go back there, we could make a couple of little gear changes and, and, yeah, we all seen what he could do there the other night. He had an unbelievable rookie season last year. Now that he's returned as a three-year-old, is he bigger, stronger, mature? Yeah, I think so, and he seems a lot, a lot more of a racehorse. As, as a two-year-old, he was sort of just big and raw and very green. Where now you sort of, once you ask him to sprint, he, he sprints straight away rather than you used to ask him to sprint. He'd think about it for a second or two and then get going. Where now, yeah, he seems just a bit more of a racehorse. I tell you what, though, we've got good depth here locally with the three-year-olds. You've got all the Dixon horses like Leap to Fame, Tim's a trooper. Uh, we always have faith. He can probably throw in class to the max as well. Teddy Disco, away we go, speak the truth. There's some pretty nice three-year-olds up and about here. Yeah, for sure. We're actually, me and Jack were just saying only just last week that it's probably the strongest sort of local depth we've had as far as the three-year-olds are concerned. So, yeah, it's really good for our racing. Okay. Gerada's Delight, the Group 1 Golden Girl winner. Is she back in the stable? She she is back, but she went out to Lunchbox Lodge to have a bit of a let-up. Okay. So we're aiming towards the, the Tab Constellations? Yeah, she'll she'll come back and, and in time for that and, and have another crack at the Golden Girl and try and defend her title. Okay. But she deserved that break. She was crying out for it? Yeah, I think so. She um she, she sort of raced really well without luck over our summer carnival here. Obviously she picked up that one mare's feature race, but um yeah, she probably just wasn't racing quite as good as she could when she went down south and sort of it was about the same as, as the year before. She had that spell sort of during the late summer and she come back and she just blossomed through the winter. So we're just sort of hoping that she can do the exact same thing again. Okay. The, the, the final question that I wanted to ask about the stable with Jack Butler right now, the Bathurst Gold, Crownable, uh, Gold Crown Carnival officially kicks off tonight. We've got the Phillies in action, Colts are on Friday night. You guys can get two-year-olds up and going, but uh, at this stage, they're just sort of still sorting themselves out a little bit. We've actually we've only got two year old, uh, two two year olds. We got two two geldings, and they're both um, both cubred. So and yeah, they they haven't sort of left the property at all yet. They're um, probably not far off going in for an education, but um, yeah, that's not on our radar at all. Okay, was that a planned move to go a little bit lighter with the younger horses, or is it just the way it turned out? Uh, yeah, just sort of the way it turned out. They sort of just wanted to do a little bit wrong, and, and just took a little bit of time and that. But they're sort of they're coming along along nicely now and yeah they're not far off sort of heading into town and having a look all right 
Let's focus on your book of drives for tonight at Redcliffe. You've got a couple of key drives as well. We start with race one, number one, Bonnie's a rock and a last start winner. And she was impressive. She won by a good margin, rated good time. She's drawn the lead here by the look of it from gate one. Can she go all the way? I think so. Her, her um, record over anything sort of north of a mile is, is yeah, probably a bit questionable. But off her win last start, I, yeah, I think she can probably lead and go pretty close. Has she trained on since that victory? She has. She obviously she missed a little bit of work just with the floods, and and it's probably been uh, maybe a month or three weeks or so between runs for her. But she's she's not a horse that does a lot of work at home anyway, and, and I think she'll be forward enough to run a good race. Do you see a, a great deal of pressure in that field? I don't think so. And she's got really good gate speed, and obviously that that start at Redcliffe, you don't need to have a lot of gate speed to to be able to hold up from the inside. So I think I think she'll lead quite comfortably and then we'll just have to see how we go from there. Okay. Race number three, you're driving left in the wind for training Graham Dwyer. First time behind this runner? Yes. Okay. What are you expecting here? Um, yeah, it, it um, drawn well. Should sort of doesn't really have to do much work to, to get a spot. Obviously, um, the one has good gate speed, but I'll see what Graham thinks. But yeah, drawn to get a good trip and and as we know, Graham's team always races sort of around the mark. Okay. Let's go across to race five, as she says. She's got to overcome gate six, the outside of the front row, but she's got ability. She's only had the three runs, and she's shaped up well in all three runs, but can she overcome this wide draw? Yeah, it, it's not a strong field. Obviously, the gate hurts, and that, sort of, that was my fault. I sort of just asked a little bit too much of her early last week and, and got her banished to the outside draw, but... Um, yeah, she's an improving filly, and, and she's got enough ability that I think if something happens for her, she can definitely run into the money. Okay. Is rolled in gold the horse to be there from the inside gate? From the draw, I think so. It's racing quite well at the moment. All right. So a couple of key drives, but Bonnie's a rocker to race one, number one. Is that the one you're most keen on? Yeah, I think so. All right, we'll take the tip for our uh, listeners this morning. Race one, number one, Bonnie's a rockin'. Brendan, as always, really appreciate the time and the update with several of the stable of stars, and we'll see you trackside tonight. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. There's Brendan Barnes joining us. So uh, he's got a couple of key drives. This man's always got key drives. He's got a busy week in front, and uh, it starts tonight with a number of drives. Nathan Dawson, he joins us now. Nathan, good morning. Morning, Chris. Regal Nightshade in race one. Brendan's just given us a good lead there for Bonnie's a rockin'. Is there any chance that you might sort of just run the gate and test her early, or there's just no point in doing that? Uh, well, our fellow, I mean, he's in racing good with off the pace and not doing much work, so we'll probably stick with uh, the same tactics, but if we can get a position there up handy, um, he's going well enough to be near the money. Is there any chance, and you're a skilled driver, that you can find the position behind Bonnie's a rockin'? Is our boy Bobby guaranteed to hold the back of Bonnie's a rockin'? Uh, no, I reckon that's that's where I was aiming up. I was, I was hoping that, you know, if it they come out pretty quick, I might be able to slide in there behind it. So that was the plan. So hopefully it works out. Okay, and if Bonnie's a rockin' and just a little suspect at 2040, you're going to get a great opportunity there. Yeah, I will. Like, if we find behind the leader, um, he's going to take some beating. So, you know, we'll probably fight it out if that happens. But, you know, we're going to need that luck to get there first. Righto. Race number two, horse one, non-Pasara. You've driven this guy multiple times previously. Is barrier one a good thing or a bad thing for him? No, I reckon it's a good draw for him. You know, he's got good gate speed, so 
you can use that and then dictate the race to how you want. So I think it's a good draw for him and he's probably just lacking form a little bit, but back in this grade and with a good draw, he should be pretty hard to beat. Okay, so you're keen to hold up and you think he's capable of taking it all the way? Yeah, I think so. He can't cop too much pressure, but it doesn't really look like there's a heap in it. So if we can dictate on our terms, he should take a bit of run down. All right, race number three, again a kind draw here, turn, turn, flyer. He's been down the track and he's passed two after recording back-to-back victories. He's he's hard in the market here. What are the expectations with this guy? Yeah, he hit a really good patch of form there, you know, a couple months ago. And the last two, you know, get up and up and grade. And he hasn't been bad, but just not what he was. But the draw's favourable for us, so I'm sure he'll be there on the money. Is he better in front or coming off cover? Uh, I think he's pretty versatile. It doesn't seem to worry too much for him. Like a few runs there, he chaired up and was still too good for him. So he's pretty versatile, so we just have to see how the races run. Okay. At his best, though, he's capable. It looks fairly wide open, this race. There's no, there's no standout, certainly not on form right now. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's a pretty open race, so... Whatever horse gets probably the best trip and the right one is going to be the one that's winning. All right, let's go to the last two races. Races seven and eight tonight. Rivoli Rocket for Mark Ducks. He's a brilliant gate speed horse. Kira Harpo Gambler number one, EOD. So it starts on the outside of the, the front line. That That's a good thing for you, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You know, you draw on one, you probably change your tactics. But, you know, now that he's outside the front, you know, it's a different ball game. Can he lead? Yeah, I think probably our best shot is trying to get up and get across. So if you go back, I don't see much pressure in the race. I think it'll be a slow run race and it'll be hard to get into it. So he's got the good gate speed, so I reckon why not use it? If he did find the front, would you be inclined to hold or would you look for a bit of uh, cover? Uh, He's pretty versatile, I think, to see how the race is being run, you know. He can lead and he, he can come from behind as well, so you just have to see how the races run at the time. All right. And Betty's gold class in the the final race is tonight going to be her night. Start number five, looking for win number one. Is it tonight? Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's not the best draw for us, but you know, I think we just get off the fence at the start and then make our own, own luck. It looks like the type of race where you know she's capable of winning it. Okay. Her last start effort was at Albion Park against President Got to Go and she, she found the line well there. The time was good, fifty eight nine, so this looks a lot easier, but a couple of weeks between runs, is that any sort of concern? No, I don't think so. She trialed pretty good fresh. Um so I don't think the fitness or the freshness will worry her too much. Um, it's more the barrier that's the concern, but as I said, we'll get off at the start I think and make our own luck. Okay, so what's the pick of your drives tonight? Yeah, I'm probably heading towards the last two. Um, there probably be better chances for the night. All right. I've got to ask about Saturday night. You've got a huge book of drives there. It's an 11 race program, but race five, this is this Garrard's Horse and Hound final. We've had heats over the past week or, or 10 days now. Call Me Keith is a horse that's very progressive. He's chasing a hat-trick of wins, but he's drawn gate seven. Were you, were you disappointed when you saw that uh, that draw last night? Yeah, it's probably not the best draw, but, you know, um, as he showed the other day, he came from behind as well. So, you know, we're just going to have to see and wait up our options and see what we think's best. But every time he steps out, he's getting better. So, you know, it's good to have ability on your side in these races. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now that Pete McMullen's on the sideline for two weeks, are you a chance of reclaiming the lead in the uh, the State Drivers Premiership? Yeah, I'm not having the best to run at the moment, but hopefully we can change things around tonight and you know, get the ball rolling again. Will you beat Pete this year? Oh, that's the plan. Uh, you got one on me last <laughs> year, so I'm trying to get you back this year. All right, well, hopefully uh, things do turn around for you tonight. I don't think it's been all that lean. You're in the winner's uh, circle late last week, so um, you'll be eager to go tonight, that's for sure. So uh, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No, good to be on, Chris. There is Nathan Dawson joining us. So we go from Nathan to Darren McCall, who's got a number of runners stepping out tonight at Redcliffe as well. And Darren joins us online. Darren, good morning. Appreciate the time. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Thanks. Uh, I want to go through your runners. Race two, number five, the Maharani. Uh, do you give him any sort of chance or is the draw just a little too awkward for him? Uh, you know what? Uh, she's been disappointing since she'd come uh, to Queensland. Um, you know, she's a Menanga winner and, and she raced quite well there in quick times. I kind of thought the race in here would suit her. So far, it kind of hasn't. Um, but her last two runs have been better. So she's probably has a has a rough place here. But she likes a fast run race. That really kind of suits her better. Okay. It, it doesn't look to be a strong race, this one. So if she can find that good form again, she's going to be very competitive. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, she's, she's been placed behind Boots Electric and horses like that at Menangle, you know, when she was racing, you know, pacing miles in 52, 53 all the time. But, um, like I say, she, she just kind of hasn't recaptured that, but I do think she's uh, about to. Okay. Race five, uh, you've got the outside of the second row draw here with C. Sempre Tilly going so consistently, but the draw's nasty on paper. Oh, uh, for sure. She, she's been blessed with. Good draws are late. Um, to, you know, it's up in class a little tonight. Um, she's got a wide barrier. Um, but the thing in her favour at the moment is she's racing in peak form. And, and I thought her run last week was, even though she was fourth, it was her best run to date. So I, I wouldn't leave her out of the chances for sure. So she's adapted the way you expected her coming up from Sydney? You know what? She's fitted in better with the, the, the actually uh, the better race programming, rope programming. She's, she's definitely, um, it's helped her a lot and she's got some confidence for it and she seems to get better each time I step her on the track now. Okay. A horse that's been really consistent for you since coming back to Queensland is Devil Sticks and he's drawn nicely here tonight. Goes around in race six. He's got gay too. Can, can he go one better than what he did last week? Um, I'd love for him to go on better. He he's a consistent horse who's who's you know good to drive. He's got a little gate speed. You can kind of you can move him you know you know without cover if you have to. Look, he's uh, he's definitely a chance. I'd say they're all a good chance in that race. Um, you know on paper, but if he gets the right run, I'm sure he's capable of winning. Do you have a look for the lead early? Well, you've got to punch off there you know a little bit and just see. I'm pretty sure it won't be available, but. But, if, you know, you open them up and sometimes you make a hole and you can get in close somewhere. So, you know, if it ain't plan A, it'll be plan B. Okay. And the last race tonight, Mickey, you're so fine. He comes up with gate two. Can he take this final race? Uh, you know what? He was a little unlucky last week. He just ran out on me down just past the 400-metre mark and got himself into a bad spot. He finished fourth. He had, you know, it was a better run. Um, look, he's got, a, he's got an okay barrier and... You know, in a con even kind of field, I'm sure he'll be thereabouts. Okay, what's the pick of your runners tonight? 
Oh, the, the, the probably the, the one with the best chance to win would have to be um, probably Devil Sticks from the draw, and he's so consistent. He's had ten starts for me for like two two fifths, and then the other eight times he was second and third. And I'd say you know he gets the right run, he's probably the chance. Okay, that's race six, number two. As we know, Darren, you're down at Tambourine. Just with all the flooding that uh, the southeast corner has copped in the last couple of weeks, how did you get on down there? Um, we weren't too bad here. It did wipe out the back of the track, um, the back straight. Uh, it's all fixed up now. Fortunately, we were lucky enough to be um, stable next door to Green Dixon, who was going enough loads to work over there. Um, but you know, he, both of us kind of suffered some flooding coming into our stables. It wasn't too bad, um, but Grant probably fared a lot worse there. He had a lot more horses and a lot more stables that got, got wet. So all things considered, uh, there was a lot more people in worse situations. Okay, so uh, were you at all just amazed with the amount of water that we copped over those four or five days? Yeah, it was just uh, some crazy rain, as we all know. I think we would have been fine until the last night, and the, the creek that runs behind the property um, finally just burst the banks and just couldn't deal with any more rain. Um, but, you know, that rain that night was, you know, it was just crazy. I didn't even sleep half the night, and, and you know, I can sleep for a hurricane, so it wakes me up. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, you were based at Menangalon Course before coming back to Queensland. If you were still down there and given the uh, the drenching they've copped, uh, would you have been in any sort of trouble down there? Uh, they were actually there. Um, you know, I know from friends and, and pictures they sent me, uh, they were in, in a lot of trouble. Actually, the water came up higher than it's ever been from the Nepean behind the track. And, uh it came across the training centre track, which I didn't think would even be possible to get, and it took away uh, one straight of that, which is way, way high. Like, it was really crazy to think that that water got that high. So, you know, uh, that storm that just kept going down, it, uh, it made a mess everywhere. Okay. All right. But you're happy that you're here in Queensland? Sunshine State. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for more? Have you got room for a few others? Oh, yeah. We've always got room for a few horses. Um, you know, we've got a couple here that are, you know, probably uh, well, one or two at the end of the year, they'll be going to be broodmares. Um, one one actually retired long ago, uh, finished her racing career, and she was already in foal. So, yeah, there's always, you always look at more, especially when you have the yearling sales. That's, you know, what I like to do. I like to get the yearlings and, you know, break them in and, and train them down and try to make them, hopefully, a good horse. Have you got any two-year-olds in work? I've got one two-year-old filly, um, Warry Needy filly, who should have been a Bathurst uh, for for the Bathurst Carnival, but um, like the temperature last week, uh, I like her. She, she's come along good. Um, just that setback on her was a bit of a dampener, but you know, there's plenty more races. Okay, one final one I want to ask, and you've got this uh, huge knowledge. You've been all around the world, king of swing, as we know. Now retired. Twofold question. Did you ever think you'd see a horse win three Miracle Miles? And what sort of service fee do you think he'll command uh, later this year? Um, I never thought we'd possibly have a horse good enough to win three. Um, that's for sure. Like, uh, you know, especially in a row. Um, you know, it's hard to keep a, a horse that good for that long. And to their credit, they've done it. And, you know, he's a great horse. There's no doubt about it. Uh, as far as putting him in... Category, I think he's possibly one of the few that I've ever seen in Australia or New Zealand that actually would be competitive on the world stage. So, in saying that, I think he possibly would command quite a big stud fee, although I don't want it to be too big because his breeding is that well. I, I'm actually contemplating on breeding some of our mares to him. So, um, hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully it's, it's not too high, but I'm thinking 
that probably in the eight thousand dollar range would probably be, you know, what they'd be looking to get. He's an extremely well-bred horse. Um, you know, we've all seen him race. He's a great-looking animal with a with a brilliant temperament. Like he just struts around like he owns a joint. So, to me, you know, he's he's the all-round athlete that that I would like to breed to for sure. Okay, great start. Hey, Darren, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside tonight. Chris Barsby talking to uh, Darren McCall. Chris, uh, I don't know if you touched on it when I was away, but uh, the latest on Albion Park, is there any further news there? Uh, I'm going to chat with uh, Scott Steele tomorrow just to get the very latest. Uh, So Scott Steele's going to join us tomorrow just to provide uh, the very latest with what's happening at Albion Park. I know the track is pretty much ready to go again, and it's all about the power. But uh, Scott will be able to uh, outline all that tomorrow morning, so he'll be one of our guests on, uh, on mobile rolling. Darren Clayton's with us. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. All cashed up from King of Swing? Yeah, well, I mentioned to, to Jared Daffy yesterday, you, you talk about his record, where he's 12 from 12 over the Menangle Mile. That's just that's just put in take-out stuff. And some of those wins, you know, he's all around about the $1.50 to, to $1.80 mark. It's, it's amazing achievement to... To uh, to get that sort of record, twelve starts, Menangle Mile, twelve wins—it's just—it's unheard of. Yeah, absolutely. And when you consider three of those starts have been in Miracle Miles, and then he's probably had three starts in qualifying races. It's not as if he's gone to easy assignments. He, he's gone in pretty much major races nearly every time he's gone around in a, a Group One, uh, you know, in a mile race at Menangle. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, he's just uh, for me. I just. The, the fact that he wears no gear, he's just straight up. Uh, he's a he's a beautiful specimen of a horse. And um, you're talking about stud fees there, Chris. Well, you look at him in the fact that he's by Rock and Roll Hanover out of an arts place mare. You look at um, stallions that we've had out here bred on that cross. We've had Rock and Roll Heaven, Pet Rock, um, and there's another one there, all sort of in the in that same category. Here's a horse that we've seen race out here. He's got the breeding on his side. He's out of a two-time um, New Zealand broodmare of the year or um, he's got two Group 1 winners. He's got, uh, I think, is it... I think 11 of those 12 starts at Menangle. He's gone sub-150. You know, it's... Uh, I can see no problem in them charging, you know, th- that 10 grand or higher mark because mm. he comes with, with a, a pedigree and the performance to match any of the top stallions we've seen come from America. Yep, I agree. I agree. The other question that I wanted to pose to you this morning, and I just touched on it before with Steve, who's going to be the next invite for the Rising Sun? Well, it's it's a curly one now with Bondi lockdown and the predicament uh, Aaron Dunn finds himself in there with Bondi lockdown. Um, he did mention in the stewards' report that the horse would now go for a spell, how long that spell is, does he be able to have him ready in time to come back to Queensland? Uh, if he doesn't, well, then Better Eclipse has to get an invite as a four-year-old. Uh, and the other thing then is how many invites do we get issued? There's, I think, is it two for three-year-olds, two for four-year-olds, and then the rest is made up from nominations? If, if that's Correct. the case, well, well, if that's the case, leap to fame. He's he should be in the mail already. If it uh, perhaps the floods have um, just stopped the the post truck turning up and delivering that letter, I'm surely it's in the mail. Mm. Well, given that Pat's Beach Storm, who won the New South Wales Derby last year, was invited, 
the, the precedent has sort of been set there. So leap to fame and being a local, they'd want a local horse in. So, you know. You would think so, Chris. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and I would really like to see it get that invite so that that race that has now been given a ballot exemption, that we don't have to see leap to fame go through that race. And then that way we then we get the opportunity for another Queensland horse to be represented in that. Of course, yeah. you want the best horses regardless, but Leap to Fame surely stamps his ticket and that then opens the opportunity for another Queensland horse to earn exemption through that race. Yeah, agreed, agreed. If a cooter comes out and wins the Great Northern Derby, goes around in a, in a prelude on Friday night, surely it's only a matter of time before he gets an invite as well. Yeah, exactly. And I guess with a horse like that and should he win that, well, they're not going to have any worries in actually just coming over and getting in the field regardless through the nominations. Um, they wouldn't miss out on that. So I guess for them, the the invite sort of guarantees it, but I think even still they'd be 100% guaranteed even if they didn't receive that invite, if they just come for the carnival and, and just nominate straight into the race. Well, it'll be interesting to see who and when gets the next invite for the Rising Sun. We might even ask Scott tomorrow when he joins us uh, on air tomorrow. Uh, you'd be excited at the moment because uh, you're from Bathurst. The Gold Crown Carnival starts officially tonight. We've got the Tiara Heats, the Gold Crown Heats on Friday night. I'm, I'm tipping you'd be... Kid on Christmas Eve, ready to go. Oh, it's just, it's one of those series, Chris, it's just stood the test of time as well. I think 1987 was the first time it was ever held. Uh, Rocket Jason was the winner of the gold crown on that occasion. So, you know, terrific foresight by the club back then. And you look at it now and, you know, two-year-olds with a change of season and and where it's held, like it's very early in the season. It's it's March. It's always held. So we've got five heats of the Gold Tiara tonight, and seven heats of the Gold Crown on Friday night. So um, that's a lot of two-year-olds going around, and it's just one of those carnivals that a lot of people just love to go to. And um, you know, I go back to, I guess, where I really fell in love with with the sport was Master Musician. He came out from. New Zealand as a two-year-old, they had heats and semis back in the series then, and and look how good he went on to be. And um, you know, I can remember the races he won at the old Bathurst Showground, and um, that really was the the catalyst for me. Okay, there's two horses that Steve's got to jot down for the weekend. Two two-year-olds, they're both unraced, but he's got to mark them down in a little black book that he's got there because I'm sure he's going to hear a lot more about them. All right, well, fire Bathurst away. on I, Friday night. Can I yes, guess the go. first one? Yep. Uh, Petrarca? Correct. So that's race eight, number six, Bathurst Night, Steve. Emma Stewart trains this horse. The wraps on this guy are absolutely huge. And then also on Friday night or Friday afternoon, over in New Zealand at Auckland, the All-Stars are rolling out another one. This is uh, off their production line called Beckham. And he's having his first start. I'll guarantee you'll hear a lot more about both Petrarca and Beckham for the rest of 2022. I hope the horse is better than the aftershave. <laughs> right. Not a fan. Let's find a winner for tonight, Darren. So what have you got for our listeners this morning? Where is the best bet? Yeah, I thought uh, in race six, and uh, we get to see the multi-talented Dexter McLean here with his horse number four, Many Delights. 
I think this race sets up perfectly for him. There's not it's not an overly strong race. Many delights can sit outside the leader, who I thought would probably be Birdle's Firefox. Um, even if it's not, and it's either the one or the two, I think many delights can sit outside either of them and win that race. So race six, number four, many delights. Currently at 2.40 with tab fixed prize. Is there anything else on this eight-race program that like, uh, that you like? Yeah, there's just one um, just at a little bit of a price, and it's in the last race, Chris, and I'm always um, not real keen on, on first starters, but uh, Candy Cane in this race finds a race where Betty's Gold Class will start deep into the red, and she's actually got a pretty tricky gate inside the second line. Candy Cane, I was really taken with her uh, trial at Albion Park last time out. It was in awful conditions, and she was wide off the track. Really found the line in nice order, I thought. And uh, even though she comes up with gate five, this is certainly a race that uh, doesn't have a great deal of depth, and I thought she just might be able to, to run into a little bit of money at a bit of a price there first up. Okay, well, currently six fifty with tab fixed price, a dollar sixty five for the place. That's race eight, number five. Throw some numbers at me for a quaddy tonight. The main quaddy five, six, seven, and eight. Yeah, so in that uh, in that first leg, uh, I thought there was probably three chances here. Numbers one rolled in gold. Just not sure where she settles in the run um, from gate one. She's gone back of past three, so not sure what happens there. I've got number five Harley Blue. Uh, first up from a spell, so um, thought she definitely gets a chance to win this race. Just where she's at with um, with the the damage and and the water that Sean Grimsey has had to uh, encounter in recent times. And Indy Jewel, she certainly gets her chance as well. So one five and eight. Second leg, um, number four, many delights. Go one out with him uh, as the best bet. If you do need uh, some insurance, I thought two or three other dangers. The third leg, race seven. Uh, another race where I thought probably um, in two here. I've got number four, he's sweet on top. Just the concern is um, the middle distance. It's, this is over 2,040. He's only had two goes over uh, uh, trips beyond a mile and, and hasn't been that strong in either of them. So that's a little bit of a concern. And Rivoli Rocket, the other one, he'll come into gate four with um, with the one horse moving out the gate six. So get him forward. He'll be in the in the firing line so four and five and in the last leg uh, which is race eight Betty's gold class certainly the one to beat but like I mentioned there just a tough draw so numbers five and eight uh, can be the dangers okay so it's nice and simple tonight first leg one five eight second leg four only third leg four and five and then we bring it home with numbers five and eight the best bet, race six, number four, many delights, 240. The value play comes up in the last, race eight, number five, Candy Cane, currently at $6.50. Darren, as always, appreciate the time. Looking forward to chatting again on Friday morning when we do uh, some early form talk for that big 11 race program on Saturday night at the Cliff. Yeah, you um, you better go and have a nap now because it'll be a late night for you on Saturday. I'm just yeah, thinking absolutely. before you leave, Darren, with King of Swing, I mean, it would have been great to see him in America, wouldn't it, racing some of those big tracks over there given that that, re- that you know record you mentioned at Menangle, King of Swing. Yeah, would have... yeah absolutely. And yeah. just um, further to that, hearing what uh, Darren McCall said, Darren, you know, he's got a, a lot of experience over in North America and Canada and won and competed in some of the big races over there and for him to say he's one of the few if not the only one that could mix it with them um you know we saw Lazarus go over there and 
uh, while he did a good job, he probably didn't do the job many expected he was going to do. Um, whereas King of Swing probably, you know, that mile is, is right in his wheelhouse and, um, you know, would have loved to have seen it. But uh, that's the way it is. We can't have them forever. No. Just thankful we're not the thoroughbreds. He would have been at stud four years ago. Yeah. Thanks for that, Darren. Cheers, Steve. Just on America, Chris. Any news on the Trittons, how they're going over there in the States? It, well, it's a quiet time up there at the moment because of the weather. They're in their off-season, Steve. So... Uh, a lot of the big stables don't race a great deal because it's just so cold. So this is where they're focusing on their young horses, getting them up to speed. So when the summer or the, the hotter time uh, rolls around, they're ready to roll out. So most stables are just going through the motions, ticking over, getting uh, ready for the, the summer season coming up. So when it's our winter, obviously there's summer up there, and that's when you see all the big ones roll out. But, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be in the thick of the action again. And uh, as we know, we've got all the boys uh, currently driving up there. Todd and Andy McCarthy, Dexter Dunn. Here's a piece of news for you, Steve. Jack Kelligan, who drives Spirit of St. Louis, he was offered a position to to, to come and join Nancy Tactor. Nancy Tactor is the daughter of uh, Jimmy Tactor, who's one of he's a Hall of Famer. And Nancy's got an unbelievable stable in her own right. She prepared Tall Dark Stranger, and she said, "Come and work for me for six months. Have a crack over here." He's only 20 years of age, but um, what I'm hearing, probably unlikely to take up that spot, especially. Um, you know, given the success that he's had here, he's just starting to, uh, you know, really cement himself. So he wants to continue to build on that. But uh, the offer's been put there, and I think Toddy McCarthy had a, a large part in, 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 you know, trying to get that uh, to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. Lachlan Varad, it's officially been announced that he's changed trainers. As we know, David Moran currently on the sideline. So Lachlan Varad goes to the care of Rodney Lakey. Ladies in red, I mentioned her earlier. Her little half-sister trial yesterday, perfect in pink, and she was able to win her first trial. She's, of course, prepared by Emma Stewart. And just some news from the Gary Hall uh, Senior Stable in Perth. Texas Tiger resumes on Friday night, Steve, but he spent big purchasing two horses from New Zealand just in the last week. They're both sons of He's Watching. Watch list is a three-year-old, and he's bought an unraised two-year-old by the name of He's Never Been Better. Both for big money, so keep an eye out for them in uh, weeks and months to come. And uh, Yurabi, the famed stud down there in the Riverina, it's uh, it's about to go on the market, so that'll be interesting to see if mm. it's snapped up and remains a harness racing stud. Chris, that horse you mentioned, all eyes uh, on uh, Petrarca, I see by Captain Treacherous, uh, no official trial. So where's all this rap coming from? Has it been going around unofficially, or just tell me where's the... No, he had... He had one trial just recently, Steve, at Melton, and that was an official trial. Oh, was it? I just can't. It's um, not coming up on listed. the form I'm looking at. Yeah, okay. so he, he's had an official trial, and the times he ran in that trial were just unbelievable. Comes from a very strong family. Boom, Stallion uh, in Captain Treacherous. So, yeah, the raps on this guy are really big, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes there on, on Friday night. All right, that's a Bathurst we're talking about. And Petrarca yep. is, uh, where is it, race eight. So it's late in the night, number six. So you can give us a report on that on um, Saturday morning. Yep. And Beckham's race 10, number six at Auckland on, on Friday night. That's right. probably about 7.19 our time. So you'll have a bit of news for me Saturday when you join us on Select Racing a bit later in the morning. Correct. Thanks, Chris.